This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the One who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you, and a happy Easter. This is the glorious day. This is the great day. The day when everything changes, because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Everything we Christians proclaim comes down to this proclamation. Everything that we speak to the world comes down to this great word, that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. St. Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, you are still in your sins. We are not still in our sins because Jesus has been raised from the dead. And this is the gospel. This is the good news that the church proclaims to the whole world. We proclaim it from the rooftops. We proclaim it from the mountaintops. We proclaim it in everything that we do and say. This is the great day, the day of resurrection. I want to reflect with you on St. Matthew's wonderful account of the resurrection and of the first appearance of the risen Lord. All of his language, all of his symbolism speaks of the novelty, the change, the difference that occurs because of Jesus' resurrection. Here's the first line of his account. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning. In the book of Genesis, on the first day, God creates light. And then throughout the six days, he makes the whole of the cosmos. And on the seventh day, the Sabbath day, he rests. Genesis speaks of the first great cycle of creation, when God creates the world. Matthew is implying that in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, a new cycle of creation has begun. A new world has begun to emerge. After the Sabbath, he says, now we're into a new age, a new era. As the first day of the week was dawning, a new light on a new first day. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. I spoke last week about the flight of the disciples. At the moment of truth, they all fled. It's one of the faces of sin that even Jesus' most intimate followers, in their cowardice and their fear, they fled. But there were a handful of his disciples who stayed with him to the bitter end. Those who stood by the cross, watching to the bitter end of the old world as the Son of God was brought to death. These are the people who were in a position to witness the dawn of the new world. There's a wonderful Christian truth in that. Those who have the courage to follow Jesus all the way down are those who can see as he inaugurates a new world. 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there at the foot of the cross. They were there when they saw him buried. And now they are there when he rises from the dead. And behold, Matthew says, there was a great earthquake. Matthew is the one who preserves this tremendous detail. An earthquake, a shaking of the foundations. Those who have been through earthquakes will testify to their enormous psychological power. They're physically powerful, obviously, but they have a tremendous psychological power because suddenly the terra firma, the earth, that upon which everything depends, that upon which everything rests, shakes. My whole world is upended. Everything I had taken for granted, I can't take for granted. An earthquake shakes the psyche and the soul to its very foundations. So this event, that's what Matthew's saying, so this event, when Jesus rises from the dead, the foundations of the world are shaken. Listen, Christians, what's the thing that we tend to take most for granted? That we die. We're born, we live, we mature, we grow old, and then we die. And there's something final and inevitable about that fact. It's symbolized, of course, in these stories by the stone that's rolled across the tomb. There's something unmovable, final, absolute about death. But then there's an earthquake that shakes the foundations. The earthquake is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The first Christians saw everything they had relied upon as absolute and final was now reversed, questioned, turned upside down. Death is final, absolute, no question. Not anymore. But through the great grace and victory of God, death has been undone. Death has been turned around. And now we see that the introduction of a new life is God's deepest plan for us. If we don't feel the shaking of the foundations today on Easter Sunday, we haven't properly experienced this feast. If we see it simply as a nice, happy day, we can dress up and enjoy the nice weather, we haven't experienced it. If we see it simply as a affirmation of the good things around us, we haven't experienced it. Only when it shakes the foundations of our lives have we sensed its power and its importance. I love this detail too in Matthew. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven, rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning. An angel, it's an emissary from another world, an emissary from a dimension beyond this one. His appearance was like lightning. Now we've seen this theme before. Just a few weeks ago I preached on the transfiguration of the Lord when his face became dazzlingly white and his clothes shone like the sun. Saints are depicted as having halos around their heads. 
When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, his face was shining. What is it about the light, about this radiance? I think it's a spiritual sign of the world beyond this one. A world that is more intense and more radiant and more beautiful. In the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, we see the great breakthrough of this other world. Listen, Jesus did not simply return to this world like Lazarus, like the daughter of Jairus. He didn't return to this world only to die again. No, his resurrection means he now lives a life beyond this world, transcendent to this world. But in these resurrection appearances, something of that light shines. And so the angel, an emissary from that world, is like lightning. I love the fact, too, that he rolls back the stone, that symbol of the finality of death, and he sits on it, declaring his power over it. And in the ancient world, when someone sat down, he was going to teach. That was the attitude and posture of the teacher. This angel now is going to teach these women and teach us something of that otherworldly truth. What does he say? You've been seeking Jesus the crucified. He's not here. He's been raised up. Those listening to me this morning, I want all of you today on this Easter Sunday to be like this angel, a messenger from another world. I want you like him to teach this day with your voice, with your joy, with your life. I want you to teach this truth. I know you've been seeking the crucified, but he's not here. He has been raised up. We too assume the stance and attitude of this teacher from another dimension. Matthew says, the guards were shaken with fear of him, that's fear of the angel, and they became like dead men. This is more talk about a new world. The guards, these are Herod's guards. Maybe there were some Roman guards too. What's their purpose? To maintain the old order. Herod, Pilate, Caesar, all these worldly kings. How is their order preserved? Precisely through the fear of death. Why is it that great kings and emperors and presidents and prime ministers surround themselves with mighty armies? Because they know that their order can be preserved only through the fear of death. These guards around the tomb of Jesus, I think, stand for all the guards who have surrounded earthly kings, from the Babylonians and Greeks and Romans all the way up to modern times. They stand for all of those powers. I think it's wonderful in this gospel that when they see this emissary from another world, when they realize the truth of the resurrection, they fall down like dead men. It means that old world predicated upon the fear of death, has been eclipsed, has been shaken, and its power has been overturned. Then the angel said to the women, 
Do not be afraid. That's the whole of the Christian faith. Do not be afraid. Sin is predicated upon fear. I'm afraid of death, and therefore I turn in on myself. I'm afraid of death, and therefore I lash out at you. I'm afraid of death, and therefore you become a rival to me. Friends, what if we lived our lives? Now think about this. What if we lived our lives in such a way that we were not afraid of dying? I have a feeling everything would change. The angel says to the women and to us on this resurrection day, do not be afraid. Death does not have the final word. Death is not absolute. There is a life infinitely greater than the one we're living promised to us beyond death. And therefore, we should live our lives in light of that reality. Don't be afraid. What marks the lives of the great saints? They're not afraid. Why can they do great things? Why can they unleash this enormous power for change? Because they're not afraid. They're not afraid of death. We change the world tomorrow if we bought this Easter message. What's the last thing he says? Then go quickly and tell his disciples. Friends, when you've seen something beautiful, it's a movie, a play, a picture, a sunset, a person, you've seen something or someone beautiful, what do you want to do? You want to tell the world about it. You don't keep it to yourself, but you want to announce it to the world. These women become the first evangelists. They have sensed the new epoch, the new era breaking through in the resurrection, and they want to announce it. And so they become here the forebearers of all of us believers. What we must do today and every day of our Christian lives is go out to the world and announce this good news. This is the whole of our faith. Let's announce it with joy on this great resurrection day. Happy Easter and God bless. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. To purchase copies of The Word on Fire, call 847-297-4360. That's 847-297-4360.